Hey guys, welcome to episode 55 of the Clean Simple Free podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. I am so excited about today's guest. It is quite late due to my medical mayhem, but absolutely worth the wait. Diane Hatke is a local business owner from Pensacola, Florida, who has gradually shifted from business coaching to mindset and body coaching. In this interview, she talks about the ups and downs that she's faced and talks about how healing our relationship with ourselves can help us succeed at a minimal or simplified lifestyle so that we don't look to material items to boost our sense of self-worth. This interview inspired me so much, and we'll dive right into it right after the break. Stick around. First off, thank you so much for taking So why don't you give yourself an introduction for our audience? Yes. Okay. So my name is Diane. I am a small business owner. I own a meal prep company in my local area in Pola. I started that six years ago, which is still crazy to say wow. to me. And it's been a fun and scary and just an amazing journey. But I have grown it to the point where I have an amazing team that runs most of the show for me. And I really found myself in love with sharing my story and sharing my journey, both in business and personally to help others through some of the stuff that I went through. So now I kind of transitioned from business coaching into business mindset into full mindset coaching. But now I do self mastery and embodiment coaching and I help people really peel back the layers and discover who they are underneath it all and understand also what's going on in their bodies to really connect the mind and body to make lasting change. Awesome. Well, that's great. It sounds like you have kind of every angle looking at it from a business mindset and then looking at it as a business owner and everything. That's pretty cool. I bet that gives you a lot of extra insight. I've never really thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's kind of opened me up because I've had some marital issues and then just my own self-worth issues. And then on top of that, I nearly bankrupt my business a couple of years ago. And so just all of the different struggles that I've gone through, I think have kind of given me a well-rounded view of how the mind and body operates and how we show up and how we view the world and how all of these things really impact us. So yes, I do try to take a very... I think holistic is the word I'm looking for, but not necessarily, the, but like holistic as in the sense of the sure. whole um, approach to things and holistic in the normal hmm. sense. But I like that. Yeah. Yes. I noticed something on your Instagram page. One of your Instagram posts was that you mentioned practicing shadow work. And as a fan of Carl Jung, I really love that. And I just thought that was really interesting. And I felt like it kind of tied into your Unleashed program, which is on your website. Yes, it does. We do shadow work on there. And I think a lot of people might be doing shadow work and not realizing it because I was doing shadow work for a really long time and I didn't realize it was shadow work. I'd heard of it and I thought it was this crazy, mysterious thing, which it really can be. We are quite fascinating once we start to get to know ourselves. But then I was like, oh, I was already doing that. I was getting to know who I was and looking at the parts of myself that I had thought were bad or I couldn't bring out into really any facet of my life and accepting them for who they were and talking to the people who were important to me and just opening up to them about what I was feeling and what I was thinking and acknowledging these pieces of myself. And instead of pushing them away or pretending they didn't exist, just accepting them for what they were. 
And so that work has been really powerful for me and for making some big shifts and doing a lot of healing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Speaking of, since we are on the topic of your Unleashed coaching program, I'm just going to kind of skip around here. I always write down a couple of questions, but then I tend to just go off on a tangent. (laughs) But you describe your Unleashed program as learning to step fully and comfortably into your whole self, which kind of goes back to the holistic and whole self approach that you mentioned earlier. And then you also say while working through old programming, breaking down limiting beliefs and designing the version of yourself you want to be. Would you like to talk a little bit more about that? Sure, I can. So (laughs) how personal are we getting here? I'm an open book, so I don't mind sharing. Okay, yeah, whatever you um, feel comfortable sharing. This is just us having a conversation. So whatever you'd like to share as much or as little. Yeah. So I found myself in really a lot of this came up for me in my marriage. A couple of years ago, I found myself feeling kind of lost and trapped and alone and miserable and I wasn't happy. Yeah. But looking at everyone, all of my friends and just you're in the social media land and the online space and everyone else seemingly had these perfect relationships, which I know behind the scenes, it's not what it looks like, but you can get really in your head. And I was experiencing things and feeling things and wanting things that as a married woman, you're not supposed to think, feel, want. And so I found myself in this space of just feeling really Mm -hmm. trapped and I didn't know what Mm -hmm. to do. So I actually came across a podcast episode that was really enlightening, very interesting, maybe out there for some people, but it really explained a lot of what I was feeling. And I presented it to my husband. And what I learned through this journey is what they talked about was actually only a a small little tidbit of the picture. And there was a lot more going on beneath the surface. So we did some crazy stuff to try and mend our relationship. But ultimately, what I really came to learn about myself was that I had these really deep-seated beliefs and perceptions about what relationships were supposed to look like, what love is supposed to look like, what marriage is supposed to look like. And I was basing my happiness in our relationship and with myself around those programs, those ideas that weren't even really true. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot when we think, oh, fairy tale love story. But the problem is that actually gets ingrained into us. And we think that that's what we're supposed to experience. And when we don't, we can be so disappointed by it. And so I know that I wasn't that far off, but still there were a lot of misperceptions The other thing that I came to find was I kept seeking relationships that were similar to my parental relationship growing Mm. up. My parents had, they're still together somehow, but their relationship was very toxic when I was young. They were figuring themselves out. They didn't know each other. And so there were a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And I always sought out this toxicity in my romantic relationships and being with my husband this is a normal, even keel, healthy-ish, if you could call it that at the time, relationship. And we didn't have those ups and downs and I found myself bored. Oh, wow. And so being able to recognize that, and it took a long time for me to see it, but it allowed me to begin breaking down all of it. So the ideas that I had that didn't really fit with what I was actually experiencing, how I just felt comfortable in relationships and that toxicity and recognizing that and knowing that that wasn't what I wanted for myself and learning how to break through those patterns, which 
to an extent, I think I'm still doing, but I think simple awareness is enough to begin making those shifts. And so it was really powerful for me. And all of that really is what helped to shape my program and to look at those pieces of myself, become aware of them in the first place, because a lot of this stuff I didn't even know, but then also to say, it's okay that I have these in me. It's okay that this is a part of me. It doesn't mean I have to act on it. It doesn't mean that I have to be this, but I have to acknowledge it. I have to know that it's in there because if I don't, it's going to keep scratching at the surface saying, hey, see me, hey, see me. Yeah. And so that's what I hope for women in my program or just anyone who follows me in general is to encourage them to see those pieces of themselves and accept them and love them and just say, hey, I see you. I know you're there. It's okay. We're human. We can make choices, but we can be all of the things that we are. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. no, absolutely. And I think that ability to recognize the toxicity in your parents' marriage and then actually put two and two together and realize that that's what you were kind of going after because that was the model that was set up for you as a kid. I'm grateful that your parents are still together. That's awesome. But yeah, some people never realize that something is toxic, even if they're in the thick of it. It took me being in this. So my, we actually separated, dated other people. And it took me getting into another toxic relationship to see, mm. which was kind of crazy because my whole life I had been in them. But it wasn't until I actually entered into another one where I was like, no, this is love that I was like, wait a second, this isn't love. This is attachment. This is hormones. This is adrenaline. Mm-hmm. This is the thrill of the new. And this is that toxicity that I'm so comfortable with. And so it can be really hard to see it when you're in the thick of it. You have to sometimes know that it's not what you want for yourself and move through it and then examine it after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're doing well and it sounds like it was a good decision for you to get out of that relationship. So that's awesome. I applaud you for that. Thank you. Yes, my husband and I are back together. We're working on us again, but we definitely (laughs) went through the other relationship. We definitely went through we went through it for about a year trying to really me trying to self out. So, well, and sometimes stepping back and being able to see stuff from a distance, I'm sure that was beneficial to, to you both. So congrats then on getting back together. And I hope it continues to work out super well for you. Thank you. So jumping around here, something in your initial message really stood out to me. And that was your mention of people shopping in a sort of mindless way in order to boost their sense of self-worth. I'd really love to hear more about this as well as your ideas for how people can sort of change this behavior. Yes, I love this. And I thought it would be perfect for your listeners, especially who might be trying to live a more minimalist lifestyle. So something that I had always recognized in myself ever since I was a teenager was this desire or almost to find something outside of myself. And like, if I found it, I would feel more complete. And I remember, and this might be really weird, but I remember (laughs) being a teenager and I would have this in me. And I was like, I need to find something like there's something. And I would like rummage through my room trying to find something. Like if I found that ring or whatever, it would just, it was such an odd experience. It was just kind of lack of wholeness that I was trying to fill and I could never find Mm. And it's crazy. I mean, I bring that up because now looking back, I can see what I was doing and how I have continued to do it as an adult with my spending habits. I've gotten a lot better at it as I've 
began working on my own self-growth and getting to know myself more and accepting myself more. But what I still continued to do as an adult was spend to me feel more me. And so I would think, oh, if I go buy this piece of jewelry and I wear it, then I'll be more me. Or if I buy this outfit or this purse or whatever it is, I was searching for things outside of myself that I could purchase to be more of myself. And of course, none of it works. <laughs> you know, you get that little height virtually, you know, and then it wears off. And so what I really found was that I didn't feel worthy enough as who I was alone without those things. And I felt like I needed something to enhance who I was. And that was where a lot of my spending came in. Now, I don't want to say that anyone with a spending habit, this is where it's coming from, but I actually, I do see it a lot in searching for external sources to validate our worthiness. Gotcha. And just personally, from your experience, that finding that thing to be more you, was that more out of a sense of, oh, if I have this name brand, such and such thing, then I'll feel like I'm worthy? Or was it more like just looking for that endorphin rush type of thing? What was it specifically for you? To me, I think it was more the worthiness. It's a little, it's kind of harder to explain. Like looking back on it, I can see it. In the moment, I don't think that I was thinking, oh, if I buy this, I'll feel more worthy. But I did have that sensation of, oh, this will definitely, this will make me more me. Gotcha. And in reality, nothing outside of me is going to make me more me. If I'm wearing a piece of jewelry to feel more myself, the moment I take that jewelry off, what happens? Yeah. And so a lot of my spending, it was, Partially, I think, trying to fit in, trying to be seen, trying to stand out in some sort of way that by having this thing or wearing this thing or expressing myself in whatever way, it would present me in a way that I wanted to show up as. That makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I can see how it would be easy to rely on that and kind of be like, oh, yeah, well, this makes me me or like in my case, oh, well, Ashley always wears such and such. That's her signature thing. And it can kind of define us, the items that we own and the items we buy. And we can kind of get into this, I don't know, almost like this cycle of wanting to buy just to be more us. So that's a really interesting point that you bring up. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. I like how you buying to define us. And it's such a weird experience because over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of work. And I think what really hit me was I noticed that that urge or sensation to need to find something outside of myself disappeared for the most part. I mean, it still creeps up every now and then. I'm not perfect by any means. But I think when that hit me, it hit me a couple of months ago. And I was like, wow, I haven't really had that in a while. I haven't experienced that. And that's when it really hit me that a lot of my spending, because I, my spending had also decreased. I wasn't going to Target buying random stuff I didn't need. I was able to walk in the store, buy the one thing I needed and leave. Yeah. And for me, that's pretty big because Target can get expensive. Yeah. So especially if you're there three times a week. And it's very tempting too. It's very (laughs) tempting. And so noticing that and seeing like, oh, I don't have this urge to keep buying these things anymore. Like I'm not using that as a way to fulfill myself as a way to fill any holes within myself. It was pretty powerful. And I think that's where I really started to notice that that's what 
a lot of my spending habits were attached to, not out of necessity or anything else, but more so just creating this feeling within myself that I'm able to get on my own, or I didn't know how to achieve on my own. Well, I think that's like, again, stepping outside of yourself and being able to look at it objectively and then changing your behaviors to better yourself. I think that's really awesome. What would your suggestions be for people who do have a problem with spending, whether it's for that feeling of worthiness, or they just like to do some retail therapy? What are some suggestions you would have for changing that kind of behavior? So to me, it kind of almost shows up as an addiction. The Mm -hmm. first thing I suggest is be aware of it. And I think most people are, but if you're not, we're really practicing self-awareness so that you can be aware of these things as they're coming up for you, then questioning them. So asking, do I really need this? Why do I feel this need to buy this thing? Am I actually going to use it? Sit on it for a little bit. I think you talked about this in one of your podcast episodes where you're like, were you talking about taking a picture of it? It was a German girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was great. Yeah, her name's Isabel. She was super sweet. We had a really long, wonderful conversation on Instagram. And yeah, she was great. Yeah, she talked about take a picture of it and look at it. It was you who said that, but was for a little bit. It'll be there later. You can come back to it. But then something else that I have really been practicing, and it's been pretty powerful for me, is when these come up in you, because like a whole body experience of this anxiety of I need to go out and buy something or whatever yeah. it is, if you're trying to break a habit, really feeling that, not feeding it because we can completely feed the physiological responses we're having. If you have this urge to go out and spend money or whatever habit you're trying to break, question it, understand it. Also, just recognize them, look at them, name them, say, oh, I have this a little bit of anxiety. I feel like I need to get up and go. And notice how by just paying some attention to them, they'll begin to shift. We either act on it. And so we're feeding it in that way, in which it just comes back again later, or we try and push it down, shove it aside because it doesn't feel good. And it keeps, I don't know if I said this, but what you fight, fight you back. So if you're pushing this down, it's going to keep scratching at the surface. So just feel it. And you might have to do this a few times in a row, but that's okay. You'll notice it gets easier and easier. And so instead of forcing yourself not to go shopping, say, I see these feelings, I feel these feelings, I'm going to let them move out of me, and then I'm going to continue on with my day. That's so that's okay. what I've been doing that's been powerful. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it is very powerful. And I was just going to say, that sounds like a really meditative way to approach it. It definitely is. I've been very much into paying attention to our physiological responses and the body responses because it is so powerful. We work on the mind all the time. We're like, I'm going to change my limiting beliefs. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to willpower my way out of shopping when I don't want to. But you're also fighting your body and what it's telling you to do. So it can be very meditative. Yeah. You did mention healing your relationship with yourself as a way to succeed at a minimalist lifestyle. I'd love to hear a little bit more on that point. Yeah. So for me, that goes back to the need to spend as a way to fulfill something within myself that was missing. Mm. And so through healing my relationship with myself, through fully seeing myself and accepting myself as who I am and learning how to show up as that person, I felt less the need to fill those gaps with things external to me. Mm. And so 
as I began healing, that's when I really noticed the shift in myself of not having these strong desires to go spend money or not feeling like I needed the newest gadget or the fanciest clothes or whatever. I was just comfortable being who I was. And I wasn't seeking these external sources to fill me up. Yeah. And I think that's really important because kind of going back to what you mentioned earlier and that feeling of worthiness, everyone wants nice things in their environment. Everyone wants to feel happy and secure and safe. But people who have a tendency to gravitate towards the best and the newest and the most expensive as like status symbols, it just, it seems like they're always kind of chasing after things instead of just being sort of being content. I agree completely. And the other problem with that is if you lose those things or they get taken away from you for whatever reason, allowing your happiness to rely on that, then you're allowing your happiness to disappear if those things disappear. Yeah. How's that coming out? I feel like I'm, I'm saying the same thing, but yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So it's super well said. I mean, honestly, these are really good points you're making. So even if we're just like hammering them home, I think they're excellent points. And it's personally really speaking to me. I've been practicing minimalism for like seven plus years now. And I still struggle with certain things, things I've had for a long time that I'm sentimentally attached to that's hard to get rid of or you know, that urge like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Why not? So I think this is really positive advice that you're giving. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I loved what, I think it was the same girl talking about buyer's remorse and how she said, don't think of it as remorse. Think of it as a lesson. And then we talked about it briefly because that's another thing to pay attention to is the things that you feel like you're spending your money or the things that you feel a need to spend your money on. Are you actually going to use them? I've learned my lesson over the years not to keep buying jewelry because I don't like changing my jewelry. I don't wear it that often. And so I've spent so much money on pieces that I never use. So, you know, it's like, why? Yeah. Um, So those were all lessons to teach me that I'm not going to wear it and I shouldn't buy it anymore. (laughs) Right. You're on Instagram. You have a Facebook group as well. You have your website. And on Facebook, you said that you recently had a master your money mindset class. How did that go? And what is involved in that kind of class? Yeah, it went well. It is, I do keep doing them. And actually you can get it for free. The first one I recorded is available for free. It's a little spotty because it was my first one. So I was a little nervous, (laughs) but I still think it turned out really well. It's a little misleading too, because it's not really about your money mindset it's more so about healing your relationship with money and a lot of what we talked about. So already looking at your beliefs around money. So that is the mindset part of it, but also how those beliefs are showing up in your body. And so money can be, it can be very triggering for a lot of people. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of worthiness tied to money. We have a lot of fear tied to money. We have a lot of trauma tied to money. And so it's learning to understand what money means to you and how you think about it and how you feel about it. So I kind of crammed a lot into that masterclass. I tend to fire hose people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, here's all the information. And not realizing. <laughs> no, that. I love like, it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, here you go. But where do we even start? I could pull it up and go over. But I talk about what the law of attraction is to me because, and I don't mean any offense by this, if anyone listening, I don't sit so far 
in the side of spirituality where it might seem like I'm grasping at straws and I'm not discounting anyone's experience because I know I've experienced things that other people won't understand. And I know that there's some people out there who have experienced things that I haven't understood or that I wouldn't understand. But I think that for a lot of people just starting this work, it can be, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of daunting or overwhelming. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or almost unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> so I try to stay kind of centered. So I do believe to an extent in the law of attraction. I don't think that if you think about a Lamborghini hard enough that it'll show up in your driveway. Um, <laughs> I think most people don't, but sometimes I think we can get wrapped up in that. And some people think that that's what you could do. But I believe that the energy you actually sit in. So if you're a generally positive person, you're going to attract more positive experiences and opportunities into your life. And if you sit in a more negative energy, you're going to keep receiving more of that. Yeah. And so I break that down in explaining what the law of attraction is to me and how you can attract more abundance into your life by working on being more positive because it will open you up to see the opportunities that are being presented to you. And more people are going to want to present those opportunities to you. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. We start there. We, oh my gosh, I work through, I go through so much. What else do we move through? I don't know. I have them look at their different concepts around a few different words. And so like money, abundance, which is crazy because we all have different concepts around these things. So really getting to know what's going on in the mind mm-hmm. is always where I have people start. And then we do a quick little grounding session where they do some deep breathing, relaxing the body, tuning into the body. So a little body scan. And I want them to pay attention to what's going on in their body. Yeah. You know, if we're sitting there doing affirmations every day saying, I am wealthy, I am happy, I am all of these things, but your body's responding like, no, you're not. (laughs) You know, your body's responding in anxiety or fear. You're not going to make the change that you want to make. Yeah. Kind of that inner voice. I could see if somebody is struggling financially and you're sitting there saying, I am happy, I am wealthy. (laughs) And like you said, no, you're not. Like if your mind is kind of kicking that little voice out and telling you that and then you start stressing about your bank account and things like that yeah I could see how that would be like a problem yeah I mean and I've been there where I'm like no this I'm so successful this is working out for me and my body's like um we don't feel that way (laughs) but often we override it we try to push it down and this can show up in really really subtle ways too not even just with money but with everything just how our body responds to things a big shift for me, I noticed because my husband and I are working on a relationship for a really long time, we butt heads and we were really passive aggressive with each Mm. other. And I did not notice that my body was responding to that until recently when I was in a conversation with him and he responded to me in a positive way. And I literally just felt my body relax. And in that moment, I had noticed that I had been tenser. I was like, oh, I've been walking around tense around him for I don't even know how long, because I've always just been expecting this type of interaction. And now that he didn't give it to me, I felt safe enough to let my guard down and to relax. Yeah. And so we do that with so many things. If you've been walking around with these negative money beliefs or these negative beliefs about yourself, whether you're aware of them or not, chances are your body's responding to that. Your body responds to the things that go in your head. I I like to give people this little test. I'm like, if you don't believe me, think about something that stresses you out and let me know how your body responds. Right. Um, (laughs) That's a really good one. And so, yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll prove it to you right now. And I'm sorry in advance. That is Um, excellent. Yeah. 
it's fine, but I also feel like, sorry, I didn't mean to stress you out. <laughs> I mean, there's, so, it sounds pretty effective. <laughs> I'll definitely give you yeah, that. That's awesome. Like, I'll prove it to you. And so with the money, it's understanding what you believe about it, knowing deeper than our surface level limiting beliefs, because often I hear, and I was guilty of this too. Oh yeah, I know what my limiting belief is. But when you actually start digging, you might find that it's tied to something that you didn't even realize. And so you can't heal that if you don't know what's actually beneath the surface. And then recognizing how your body is responding. And the big thing is what we already talked about, letting it move through you. So if you're feeling these negative emotions around money, feel them. Don't feed them. Again, I want to make that clear. Like, Don't feed them. Don't keep thinking these thoughts, but just notice them and let them, let the energy move through you. And then I like to replace them with what I want to feel. So once they have dissipated, that's when I bring my affirmations in and my gratitude in and really create the feeling I want to experience in my body while also linking it to the thoughts that I want to think. I love that. And so it's uncovering and feeling and then bringing in what you want instead of just trying to suppress and override. I love that. I really, really think that's awesome. Because yeah, a lot of, I guess like the best way to put it would be how you put it already, which is limiting beliefs. It is mental. It's a mental exercise. And I think that can be applied to a lot of different aspects of our lives. For sure. And I think I said that, I think I said that at the beginning of that, like it might be about money, but really you can apply this to just about anything that you're working through. Yeah. So it's pretty powerful. That sounds awesome. Well, I can't wait to check it out. And you said it's still on your Facebook group and the first one is free. Yeah, it's on my Instagram account. It is in my Facebook group. Okay. And then I think it's in there. Yeah they should be able to access it if they're in the group. But it's also in my Instagram. If you go to my bio, click the link, it should be the first thing that pops up. Just your email. So you don't have to subscribe. You won't get spam. If you don't want to, you can just watch the video. It's about an hour long. I did have a couple hiccups at the beginning. So I think if you scroll to about five minutes in, it should get started. But gotta love Zoom. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) You've been like super informative and not even really that much time has passed. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we start to kind of wrap up? No, I mean, unless you want me to cover more, like I'm really, like I said, I'm really good at fire hosing people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if there's anything else you'd like to share, I'd absolutely love to listen. Like I said, once you messaged me, I was checking out your Instagram and initially your message is what drew me in. But then I was like, oh my God, this girl is so cool. You have like a lot of really cool ideas. I mean, like you have so many amazing, inspiring quotes and you have all these great reels on there and everything. So yeah, everybody check out Diane's Instagram. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I guess one thing I could come back to because this is, and I say, I always, I'm like, this is a lot of fun for me, even though it's painful and (laughs) having to learn through it isn't always pretty, but something that I noticed recently and I've, and this ties back to kind of seeking fulfillment outside of ourselves. But I noticed it in my relationship, but I can see how it would show up in so many other areas of life. But part of my dissatisfaction or sometimes my discontent with my husband comes from when I am experiencing our relationship and either my idea of it. And so that goes back to recognizing that I have these misperceptions of it. And a lot of us enter relationships or experiences with our idea of how it should be. And when it's not 
lived up to in that way, or when we experience it differently, we aren't happy. Yeah. Or I was experiencing our relationship through the lens of my past experiences with it. And so what I mean by that was I was expecting him to show up in ways that he had in the past Mm -hmm. and seeing him in that way, even though it wasn't how he was currently showing up anymore. Gotcha. And so recognizing that gave me the ability to drop that lens and actually open up the space for him to work on shifting and for me to experience what was actually happening in the present moment rather than what I thought was going to happen because of the past. And so I really like that. I I really like that example of looking at things through a different lens. We've all had our petty fights. And I think even like with minimalism, looking at stuff in a different way, once you've begun to change your behaviors from being like a shopaholic into all of a sudden being like, no, I don't want to add clutter into my life. So that's a really, I love that looking at it through a different lens. And I just feel like there's so many applications for that term. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we can do it with our friendships. You can do it with your job. Um, what was I reading? It's either a book I was reading or something I was listening to, but there was a story about, oh, a book, it was a book. I can't remember it right now. <laughs> okay. I think it was, it's pretty popular. So <laughs> they might, your listeners might know what I'm talking about, but he was talking about how all of the employees at this job hated the boss because the boss was just, he came off as very arrogant but likely he just didn't realize how he was. But there was one employee who, instead of thinking my job sucks, my boss is terrible, he played to his strengths and his boss's strengths and just looked at the entire situation through a different lens, essentially, than everyone else. And it helped him move up. But not only that, he ended up shifting the entire culture of the company by doing that. And so as he began showing up differently, other people noticed. And at first, I think he said that they were kind of, jealous or like, how is this guy doing that? But then they caught Mm. on. And so that's another really powerful thing is as we begin shifting ourselves and making that change. And instead of trying to focus on changing everyone else or everything else, we change ourselves. The world around us will naturally begin shifting. Other people will naturally begin showing up differently. Great. Yeah. Just kind of being an example and changing your own outlook for first your personal growth and experience. And then secondly, to be an example, is that kind of what you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, it's so going back to the lens and to noticing those things is being able to recognize, I don't see being able, but just awareness of that in general saying, Oh, I didn't realize that I was looking at this through this idea which I don't even know how I came to that. It was some crazy aha moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing our relationship through my past idea. And noticing like, okay, I'm expecting this person or this situation to show up this way. And that's why I'm responding in the way that I am. So maybe you're showing up with resistance or anger already when you might not have anything to be angry about. Putting that block up, presenting yourself in a way to receive what you expect to experience. And chances are, if you're already showing up that way, you're going to experience that. And so it's dropping that and experiencing every moment for what it actually is. I love that. I think that's really well said. Yeah. If you happen to think of the name of that book, I would love to, number one, read it and then also post it so that our audience can read it and learn from it because that sounds really transformative. 
Okay. Yeah. I will. I start so many books and then I'm like, I got one of these out of this and I put it aside. And so I'll. No worries. If not, no worries. I just thought it sounded really interesting. Okay. Well, thank you so much for just being so candid and so open about everything. Wishing the best of luck to you and your husband as you guys kind of restart this path and go down a new road. And I'm definitely going to hop on Facebook and check out the masterclass and just keep doing what you're doing. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to add? I don't think, I think we crammed a lot. I think so too. (laughs) It was Um, fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you for having me. If anyone needs clarity on any of that or wants me to break it down more, please feel free to reach out to me and be like, I heard you on this podcast and I wasn't sure what you were talking about. No, no. I think you did an excellent job of explaining it. Either that or our minds work similar. So... (laughs) You were awesome. Thank you again so much for taking the time out of your day to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you take care. I hope you guys found this interview as inspiring as I did. Soul searching is something I typically do during a new year, but this is a great reminder to keep at it no matter what month it is. To hear more from Diane, take a look at her Facebook, follow her on Instagram, or visit her website. She's very active on social media and responds pretty quickly to her messages. All the links to reach Diane are in this episode's show notes, so click the description to find out more. That's going to do it for this week. A special thank you to Asia of BearBeatProductions.com and her team for reaching out to edit this episode for me. And I will be back Wednesday, February 17th. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life, and when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free.